Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overtime. This is Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cederholm, your host, and this is episode 16 with Danielle Evans. And Danielle Evans is uh, a visual artist, letterer, designer from Columbus, Ohio. Um, and back in 2013, she she combined lettering, photography, and dad jokes to start food typography. Um, so she's doing some amazing stuff with food and real life objects to create lettering masterpieces. She's garnered a lot of attention on Dribble and elsewhere and worked with people like Target, Disney, uh, American Greetings, uh, Parade, Condé Nast, uh, and the list goes on. Um, she's, her work's really taken off and um, she was uh, kind enough to give, her, give us some time today to talk about uh, how that all came to be and, and her process and, and all that stuff. So it was a really, really, really cool talk with uh, someone that's doing some real original, uh, innovative work. Now, if you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, please rate and or review us over on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, go over to dribble.com slash contact, send us a note. Um, and thanks to all who have listened to the show uh, so far. Uh, I, I just feel lucky to be able to do it and talk to all these uh, super talented um, designers. This episode is brought to you by HelloSign, the most powerful platform for your business agreements. My favorite kind of software products are always the ones that very clearly make life simpler. Uh, like being able to legally sign a document by clicking a button in an email and squiggling my mouse to make my signature. Uh, it's definitely one of those things that, uh, that makes life a lot easier. And goodbye fax machines, right? Um, you can provide that to your users with HelloSign. You can set up your documents there. It supports all the formats you need, like PDF, Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, etc. And start collecting the signatures you need very easily. Set up templates of your commonly used documents. Make sure your branding is present during the signing process. Get notifications when documents are reviewed and signed. Perhaps most importantly, you can use HelloSign right from your own interface through their API which is great for all us product folks interested in building seamless, useful experiences right in our own products. You can embed documents directly on your website with just a few lines of code. Check out HelloSign at hellosign.com. So thanks very much to HelloSign for sponsoring Overtime. And now let's get right into our chat with Danielle Evans. Welcome to Overtime, Daniel Evans. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Uh, it's really great to have you on. And uh, you're calling in from... Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. I knew it was uh, Ohio. I, I think I, I... Well, I thought it was Ohio, and I was right, which is great. Um, and uh, which is great, because I don't, I don't think we've talked to someone from Ohio yet. Really? I'm so surprised by that, because there are so many amazing yeah. people from here. <laughs> yeah, there is. They're doing things, yeah. There is, and uh, y yourself included. Uh, I mean, I've been a big fan. So, and you have a really interesting story, and and the stuff that you're doing is like really fascinating. And I just kind of, I just want to jump right into it, really, because because we got a lot to cover. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so one of the things um, uh, I, you know, in 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 sort of digging back into your work and stuff, I, I came across this video of your. Uh, humble pie beginnings i think it was called 
and um, it's it's super great. It's like a short video about kind of about kind of about how you got to where you are maybe now, right? In terms of tr- creative, you know, creatively and what you're, you're what you're doing. And <laughs> I just love the way it starts because it's like you just kind of jump right into it. Like I'm covered with oatmeal and I don't know what I'm going to do. Like <laughs> client career wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. The client didn't pay me and, and I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And then anyway, so I'll let you take it away, but it, it's, it's a, uh, it's an interesting story. I think. Yeah. So something that I like to talk about all the time because no one wants to talk about it is how unglamorous my beginnings were. <laughs> you know, I feel like everybody else gets into some sort of, fancy job out of their fancy design school and it just worked out for them in a really fantastic way. And I would never wish anything otherwise for any of these people, but that was not my story at all. My story was very broken and working at the mall and lots of crying montages running through the rain, wondering if I would ever be more. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to all this, Um, except for the mall part, but was it a good, it was it like uh chick-fil-a at the mall or something or um no i well i had good and bad mall experiences i'm learning that there is a gamut of mall experiences i worked there absolutely is i love the mall i worked at a cozy which is now gloriously bankrupt and defunct and i'm so thankful that was like they're at the the airports too right that's about it they're only at airports anymore because the company had some financial issues but it was a really bad situation um working there and i worked there with my roommate Um, she was like a, she's still a very good friend of mine. She actually played into my origin story as well, but Mm. she and I were working this terrible job. We were managers. So she'd come on in the morning and then I'd meet and do afternoon closes. And we would just be like, the general manager ran off with money out of the register. So-and-so won't stop touching other person, but we can't file about it because we need someone to replace them on the line. Like stupid, (laughs) stupid. Wow. Okay, when you say bad, you you really mean bad. That's like that's the next level stuff. Yeah. It's not like the it's not like just the job was bad. It's just bad. Right. The job was bad, but also like I called the cops a bit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's in this very respectable part of town. And so you get all these respectable business people and they'd be like, Oh, you should go to college. And I'm like, I did <laughs> for a long uh-huh. time. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm paying for it now. Right. That's why I'm working here. And so it was a well, <laughs> weird disparity between who I wanted to be and what I was, which was like, I don't know, baby manager. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I'm never going to Kosi again. Yeah, don't. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, wait. I, I will. <laughs> oh, God. Because I have, to, you know, because everyone has to go. To, the only right. way you go to Kosi is because you have to go to Kosi. Because right. it's the only thing at the. The, the the forgotten wing of right. the airport that nobody you know, can't go anywhere else. So it's, it's like in those sucks. airports for people who, who fly United and it's like, you know, yeah. it's always like the United awkward terminal where everything looks like it has terminal cancer. It's just all the stores are dying and the signs <laughs> are falling apart and you're sad. <laughs> that is... That is absolutely true. I can I can verify that for Logan Airport in Boston. That's exactly it. There's a cozy... The only cozy there, I think, is in this really sad commuter wing that, like, you know, uh, it's worse than a bus station. You know, yeah. you're paying, you know, $500 for a ticket. You expect a little bit of comfort. Um, anyway, so we could go on and on about this. Yeah. Or I, I could. I know I could. Oh, All right. So 
<laughs> I worked at Cozy and I worked yeah. at um, DSW. That was also not a great experience. Um, I worked at it's one of the stores. Yeah, the, the toenails just flocked to me. It's really weird. I I was always that person that when I cleaned up and walked around places, toenails were getting stuck in the in the vacuum cleaner. And I was just always the one who would find them. And so ever since then, I feel like these things like migrate to me. And it's weird. Okay. I, I, that, that le- maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but um, possible toenail uh, lettering projects? No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I probably could with all of these things yeah. that I find all the time. But no, absolutely not. And there go the listeners. <laughs> right. Um, Bye, guys. Sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. That was my fault. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. Uh, but... You you persevered and you went um, and you moved on. And what 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 happened next? Because I mean, in the video, you're, you're saying you're. I, I want to kind of get the the the, the details because you're There's covered it. in oatmeal. I'm covered in oatmeal. Yeah, I'm covered in oatmeal because I'm sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was covered in oatmeal because I finally I'd been working at the container store. I was learning how to sell, and so therefore I was applying all these newfound skills to telling people I am a design person. I am an illustrator and depending on whoever would listen, like I was handing out my cards and finally somebody from my old cozy days, her mom had started a business doing vinyl decals. And I went, I will work for you if you'll have me. And so they had me and I thought, wow, that's weird. They didn't like look at my portfolio necessarily when I came in, they just thought I was pretty cool. Well, maybe they're just new at this. I don't know. Um, started realizing that was not a great job either. And I was getting frustrated with myself um, because I was crying because it was Saturday, because that meant it was almost Sunday because I almost had to go back to work. <laughs> so it was like a very, I kept oh, no. binding myself in these weird movie montages. And I realized that I was doing this to myself. Like for a long time, I think I was starting to give in to the fact that, Oh, I, this is my lot in life to work these menial jobs, to hate what I do, to have bad jobs that are finally in my field, but the people don't respect me or really care about my contributions. They don't want my ideas. And it was when I realized I kept putting myself in these positions. I kept putting myself into job scenarios where it didn't require a lot of effort or a lot of, you know, skin on my part to get the work. And I'd had bad situations or like bad interviews and shameful, shameful interviews in the past, I guess, in the design field. And so I think that had kind of crushed me a little bit on top of not being able to find work with the crisis. So I was just this like ball of (laughs) emotion and sadness. And so I'm sitting in the tub and I'm covered in oatmeal because I've got a rash because I'm not sleeping because I'm not getting enough work. And because I can't interview for things because I can't intelligently speak if I've not slept. (laughs) So it was a very weird cycle. And I think everybody finds themselves in a space like this, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm actually glad to know about the oatmeal, the reason for the oatmeal now. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) So now that's not all I took from that. I I just, uh, no, of course. Now I know it's good for rashes, which is good. Right. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) No, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if oatmeal is like your first, food typography project perhaps or no actually or maybe maybe you avoid it at all costs now right because you don't want to go back to there it is weird there has been discussion of an oatmeal project in my future and there is some sort of coming home kind of reality to that. Yeah. Full, full circle yeah right? but um i love it i love it but it's funny because my first project was actually out of coffee so this roommate of mine she and i are sitting down and i'm just 
smacking my head on the desk, um, like trying to talk to her about what I need for my work to be excellent, to be noteworthy. And I had entered an FPO competition and of course it was stuff I posted on Dribble, and I was so proud of, and it did okay. And I'm like, Oh, this is great for me. And I, <laughs> I sent it as a competition and it doesn't place at all naturally. And so instead of kind of turning inward to this Ooh. dark hole, um, I realized, well, what did the winners do? What did they bring to the table that was so impressive? And I started realizing they invoked different senses. So up until this point, I've been seeing illustration as flat, as completely just sense like visual. And I feel like that's such a terrible way to look at design because it's all theory at that point. When you start putting it in the context of an environment where people have to stand next to it and touch it and smell it and engage or throw it away, like, that's when it becomes real. That's when it has a point and a purpose and a connection. And so when I recognized this, I went, well, I'm, I need this in my work. And my roommate's like, I don't understand. I'm a teacher. <laughs> and so I'm trying to explain to her. Um, and I end up having to talk about design as a cup of coffee. And I keep telling people like, you don't drink coffee to survive. You don't drink it because you're thirsty. You drink coffee because you want the experience of the coffee. You want to savor that moment. And so you have like heat from the cup, you have the aroma in your nose, like there are all of these different components that are going into this beautiful experience. So I'm like, and that's what I want for my life. <laughs> and she being very literal thinks about it and goes, that sounds cool, but why don't you make something out of coffee? Is that a thing you could do? <laughs> and I like rolled oh. my eyes at her, but I went, but that is a thing I could do. <laughs> it's wow. not a terrible idea. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is this is all. Aw- By the way, this is all awesome. Thank I, you. I agree with you. Uh, design as a sensory experience. Yeah. Great stuff. So 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 your roommate really kind of planted the seed there. Yeah. Um, or planted the bean. Sorry. Yes. She um, did. <laughs> um, that's that was terrible. Um, um, and and co- so coffee was like the first the first project that you did. It was exactly. And I, I had gone to school for illustration. So I learned how to tell stories. I had discovered design late in school, late enough that I couldn't double major in it. Um, I was close. I just never learned web. (laughs) That was kind of the thing. I, I was like hard and fast. I'm not using this. Um, (laughs) Oops. (laughs) (laughs) But it was cool because I had been experimenting with like different objects and cut paper and all this stuff. And when she, when she mentioned food, I was like, well, this does kind of take the best of me. This takes, I love to cook and bake. Um, I love to sculpt. I love to paint. I love um, the, the idea of the perfect strawberry. Like when I was a kid, I have this very vivid memory of holding the perfect strawberry and being like, I found it out of a picture book. What do I do with it? Well, <laughs> like there's just nothing you can do with it. Um, but I, started, I, I feel like strawberries were not to, not to no. a tangent here, but uh, I feel like strawberries were better when, when, when we were kids, you know, possibly I lived in a place where I hadn't had a, a good one. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. And then you, and you finally get a good one. And it's yeah. I had a good looking one. <laughs> Which, oh, good looking. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. That's important too. <laughs> but maybe you lived Sorry. in a better spot for that where they're like growing more freely and you can pick them and yeah, it's like Vermont. It was good produce up there. Oh, sweet. In the, in the, uh, in the summertime. But anyway, I'm sorry. We're off track. No, there. no, it's all right. Um, so, and 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 again, like no, you know, using food right in the ways that you were using, started using them. That's that was really 
that was really new and fresh, right? I mean, no, there was no, no one else was doing that. No, you know? it was, inter- yeah. it's interesting. Like I, I had looked over the internet. I'm like, this has to exist somewhere. And it didn't exist <laughs> the way I wanted it to at all. Um, yeah. It, it all looked very childish or child. Like, I don't want to say primitive, but kind of where things were incidental. And I only found a handful, like two or three images. And I went, I get with what is happening here, but why has no one applied a typographer's touch to this? Why hasn't anyone put yeah. thought and intention and skill behind this idea? Uh, surely someone has done it and I just hadn't seen it. Um, so I thought, is this something that I could be doing? Is this something that, that maybe I have a gift for This is weird. Um, so it's funny when you start looking through my dribble page, for example, you see where I was trying to do like web work or print work or all these like really, I don't know, childlike looking things. I mean, the work is awful. If you get that far enough, it's super bad. And it's because I was trying to fit into like pixel perfection or um, Mm -hmm. kind of what I thought I needed to do to have a distinct, like to rise to the top in terms of my voice. But I realized that was not where my voice was. My voice was in raw materials. Like I learned now I'm a, I'm a sculptor who would have said, looking at Mm. my work, it's all shape based. Yeah rather than yeah. line based and it's that's a really that's an interesting way to, to categorize it right your sculptor i think yeah. that makes that makes more sense than i am a type a letterer that yeah. uses other things like it's um yeah that's yeah. that's cool so it's strange yeah. you know or i i realized i'm actually not a terrible painter because everything i do requires hard and soft edges it requires attention to light and consistency like retouching which i do a lot of this photo and retouching that is all painting really it's just digital yeah so yeah. it's very weird observing all of these practices that i had in these things i was attracted to but just didn't know how to filter them or to present them in some sort of end product like bubbled into this thing and mm-hmm. it's funny too um when i look at my business name so my name is super common like danielle evans you search it you can't actually find me despite my seo being like super good <laughs> And so I had to come up with a moniker and I just picked this really like bizarre, um, like marmalade blue, which it just sounded nice to say, but I also wanted to attract like a francophone audience so I could do more international work. And that is exactly what happened, which is crazy. Wow. And really? I, yeah. And I didn't That's realize if I had been listening to myself years and years ago when I picked this name, which was back in like 2008. I don't know. Maybe I would have found this path faster. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's super weird. The so. name is important. This is a lesson to be learned. So yeah. I was going to ask you about the origin of that marmalade blue, and it's blue B L E U E. Yeah, exactly. Which is what like the French like the feminine. French, mm-hmm. French, okay, French feminine. Excellent. Um, and and it was and it was kind of randomly chosen, like those two words, or yeah, like marmalade was. I just liked the way it sounded and it was also it's one a great word. Thank you. <laughs> but I wanted something lyrical. I always hated the idea of people saying a name and kind of guttural stopping in different spots. Like linguistics are also an interest of mine, obviously I feel like. <laughs> and yeah. so in thinking about this, I thought it should be something people enjoy saying. It should be something that feels somewhat exotic and strangely nothing about my name is spelled correctly in any language. so so no one knows where i'm from so it's been this very mysterious oh is she canadian is she from france like is she from pennsylvania and i'm like well no (laughs) not quite any of those things but pennsylvania yeah 
I've had people assume that, um, which is really good awesome. because of the the French part. I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's super or marmalade. Cool. It's marmalade country, really. Maybe. <laughs> I guess that's true with all the Amish. But yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah, maybe maybe uh, marmalade's an Amish thing. We're gonna find out after this. Amish stuff, blue. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. That would well, be. Well, I love marmalade, and Winnie the Pooh loved marmalade. So yeah, which is um, a good reason. It's a good reason. It's a really good anything. reason. That's another like. <laughs> it's another like association with that with that word. Um, but that's really interesting that that the name alone was like helpful for you in in gaining clients, even right or yeah. It's funny because everything about it should be incorrect. Like everyone was like, are you sure you want something that long? Are you sure you want something that no one can spell? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Strangely, yes. Yep. Yep, I do. And the weird thing about (laughs) it is when I look at some of the people I collaborate with, like, for example, there's a husband and wife studio here called the Wonder Jam. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Wonder or, Jam. Or yeah, isn't that odd? Like yeah, it is odd, or, but it's fits with you. Like you guys should collaborate. Yes, we do. It's great. Oh, They're good. Wonderful. Okay, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> They're great. Or um, I have an intern this month, and I hired her without knowing that she had a her avatar or her handle for things is Ham Slice. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Oh, that's, that's great. So ham I, Slice. Yeah. That's one. That's perfect. It is. Her name is Hannah, and so she goes by Ham Slice, which I think is amazing. So now all of my friends are like, how's Ham Slice doing today? Like, What's she up to? What do you have her doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. At one point, (laughs) I had her cutting up ham for a project, and I went, have you ascended to your highest form? (laughs) (laughs) That's cosmic. It's like, it's meant to be. Everything is like meant to be right there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, a ham project. See, this is the thing. I think I, I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> so many questions. Uh oh god. I like food. I I like to cook, but not all you know, I don't get do it enough. So you mentioned you like to cook, right? So um does that play into things at all? Or is it, do you think that was important in terms of uh you know, playing with food? Actually, yeah, a lot. In a different way? <laughs> Actually, yeah, a lot. Yeah. So yeah. A couple things are what made that important. First of all, I almost started a blog right before all of this um, mm. called Food Wheel. So it, the idea was I take an artist's color wheel and then assign certain kinds of taste experiences to it. And then based on those taste experiences, publish recipes in like a split harmony or an analogous color set. Whoa. Yeah. It, it was, was like it was crazy. Science. Science. It, yeah. I did all this work on it. I came up with everything. I made it all sound. I still have all these sketches. And up until recently, I had a bunch of the domains for it. And then I went, wait a second. I hate blogging. (laughs) 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 So it was like this weird, I didn't know the other vehicles for it. So I let it die. And I was sad about it. But that was kind of, I realized a lot of the, because I was at the time really poor and struggling, I was baking our, our bread like I was making all the meals, anything that I could figure out a way to like save a couple bucks on, I was learning how to do it myself. And so I wow. think through that process, I learned about, oh, if you add a little bit more flour here, it'll make this cake a little more dense. If you throw in something else like baking soda, it'll sponge it up a bit, like it'll puff. And I, I, it was just weird or like practicing with different flours. And so I started getting this 
understanding, like very loose kind of organic understanding of how science works um, in the baking and cooking process. And so that fed into, well, clearly, if I'm going to start playing around where I'm making stuff out of things, I will care about whether or not the spice is going to ruin the wood surface that I have, because clearly I have like three pieces of furniture in my house and this has to last. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I start, I start realizing like, oh, certain things have oils in them. They'll ruin different surfaces or this only has a, this has a melt time of five minutes. I can't touch this more than whatever. And so that's kind of where all of it wow. started was just realizing wow. there are different, there are different breaking points and melting points and bending points to everything that we encounter. And so learning to respect them rather than forcing them to do things that are unnatural, that, that kind of is where that journey took me is learning. We, we affect our world, but we shouldn't be trying to control it. We should be using the environment around us to our advantage. It sounds like really Zen and crazy. I love it. I totally love that. So when you when you're doing your projects and maybe maybe more early on because now you're working with you know all these giant companies and doing amazing stuff with them like in the beginning was was it like oh I'm making some cookies and there's some flour on the table and I'm gonna write something with it and was it that was it that casual at the beginning or or is it planned out you know like where I've got to sort of sketch a, I'm wondering about your, the process oh I sure sure. Do you like sketch sketch the lettering first and then go into the food or is it sort of just right into the food or? Well, that's a good question. So my very first piece was no sketching. It, um, it says French out of coffee. There was no sketch. It was yeah. just, I'm going to throw this down. I'm going to play with it with my hands, no guides, no stencils, nothing. And I went, Oh, this is, I finished something. And I think the difference in, projects up until this point. And then that pivotal moment was that I learned when something was finished. And I think that's extremely hard for illustrators and designers and creative people to know because you aren't taught yeah. this in school. Yeah. yeah, You don't know personally when you've finished something. And if like, I think there's this kind of elegant place between minimalism and ornamentation. And if you can kind of catch the nice edge of it where it's enough, it's just enough, then you're done. And for me, that's where I like to live with my work. So once I did that, I, I kind of felt this like earnest, like bubbling over of excitement and enthusiasm. So at that point, I'm publishing this piece, like it makes it to the front page of Dribble. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, and people start giving me suggestions for other stuff. So at that point, it was like uh, almost community-based where people were giving me items to try and I'm trying them. And they're like, that's great, use this. Um, so at the beginning it was mostly freehanding everything. There were a couple of times where I did make some sketches because I was playing around with stuff from like an Arabic with, with Arabic influence. So I wanted all the proportions to feel correct. And so I did some research. Um, I've since, because I have client work and client work dictates, you know, that I, that I explain my process to everybody that I have to make more tightly controlled sketches. And in some ways that's pushing me because the ideas are getting out and with, some prior knowledge of how this stuff will behave. It's pushing my execution that much further. So mm-hmm. it's something where I think most people wow. would be irritated because they're like, I shouldn't have to tell anyone what I'm doing. I'm in charge. I'm the artist. Right. But right. I um, recognize and appreciate how others are contributing to what I'm doing. So wow. I'm all about that life. <laughs> I'm 
there's so many gems of knowledge coming out of this. It's wonderful. Um, oh, thanks. Uh, it really is. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I chose a couple shots to talk about um, sure. just to sort of uh, talk about some different stuff. And, you know, because honestly, like, you know, the work goes up it's it's amazing and, and people like it but it you know hearing a little bit more about it is is always fun so i think i'll i think i'll start with this one called spread the love oh, and, um, yeah which um was a a community valentine's project uh you mentioned and uh, what i'm amazed by this is uh well you know if this if this lettering was was just drawn on paper it still would be wonderful the fact that it's peanut butter on a table i i'm just like how the hell did she do this because like without making a complete mess like anytime i make breakfast for the kids in the morning you know it's like uh and they want peanut butter toast i'm like oh you know like it's just it's so messy it just gets everywhere it's like it it just there's no way to do it without getting it all over the place yeah so i'm like how how did she do this where it's like it looks perfectly it looks like someone took a knife and in one swoop just drew that and it right like in a <laughs> good. Oh good. That's exactly how I want it to look. <laughs> well, I know and I'm, and I'm sure and I'm sure it's you did it. Absolutely not that way, but I love that that's how Oh, it looks. okay. Well, I f- I figured that like so what's the secret there? Like how do you how, maybe 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 you'll say well it's, it took 2 months. You know, I don't know. Like but Well, and, and if 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 you don't want to sh- Oh, if, no, it's, I'm good. if you're unable to share secrets, that's that's fine too. But I'm good. Typically, once I publish something like that, I feel like I'm not washing my hands of it necessarily. But I feel like I've learned. You know, the process has been. When people say "love the process," I'm like, "What the fuck does that mean?" But really, it means like <laughs> learn something from whatever you're doing in that moment, and then take that that knowledge into something new. Like yeah, all of the knowledge yeah. that we have is applicable to everything else exponentially. So yeah. that whole thing. Um, essentially Agreed. with the peanut butter project. So I knew I wanted to do something that felt like that, where almost like a knife went down and just swooshed on top of the surface and this peanut butter laid out, but I needed to figure out how peanut butter worked. And so I tried a handful of different peanut butters and it turns out the cheap ass grocery store dollar peanut butter that has all the sugar and the garbage in it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Cause I, I went for it. like really natural stuff, but it was super runny right. and, Oh I, yeah, right. It had no too much sense oil of, in it. Yeah, there just yeah. wasn't any heft to it at all. And I'm like, if I'm thinking peanut butter, I'm thinking like Jif, and even Jif was not quite right. And so mm. I needed something that was going to hold up against my touch because human touch affects everything, and it's a matter of yeah, adversely or or successfully. So even it, even like the heat from your your hands, right? Or or yeah. just or the heat from just um, you know messing around with it is going to affect the, the yeah texture right and that's something i have to think about all the time there are certain items where if you touch them too long they're played out they're done so in this case it was like how do i do this and i took actually a principle of painting um lean over lean over fat i'm sorry fat over lean um so this idea of starting very very thin and i would just kind of figure out the shapes with my fingers again i'm not using stencils or guides or anything um, no monitors. I'm just really, no. it's just literally like a blank table. Yeah. Or? It's literally blank. Yeah. Wow. Every single wow. time it's very unusual that I would use any sort of stencil or grid or anything. Wow. Um, yeah, it's fun though, because it teaches me how to have a correct eye. Like it's constantly informing how my eye is seeing things. And so I'm mm-hmm. getting 
I'm getting um, better at optical adjustments, which grids are fine, but I can't play to grids. It's like playing to the rules, and I've just never been good at following the rules all the way. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> um, so that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Essentially, I, I started playing with my fingers, and then I would kind of go in and kind of reduct. So my, my process is strange because it is this weird play of like adductive and reductive um, application. So I'll go in with like bigger shapes and then kind of refine down and I'm trying to use my fingers as much as possible because I'm finding if I use my hands, not only do I have great control more so than I would with a brush or an extension of my brush, um, but I can keep everything to a human scale. So I played around. I had hmm. two, yeah. I think two versions of this that I had done in the course of a few hours and I was just not happy. Like the, the energy was not there. And that's something else I'm I feel like when you start um, considering lettering as a, not a master, but as someone who has studied, um, energy is really important. Making things feel like there's movement and motion without, without like feeling so labored, you know? And so in order to do that, I think the best way to achieve motion was to go for these like kind of contrasting, almost like, almost like a retro kind of treatment. And then really playing into the fact that peanut butter gets those amazingly thick swatches. So I did like three different passes over top of the peanut butter once all the lettering was kind of set. And I had to be comfortable with the fact that if I took my thumb and put too much on the edge of the D, it was going to kind of rupture some of the line work that I had done. And I just had to be okay with it. And I think in some cases, the, the buildup was so much nicer, uh, so much better, honestly, that I'm thankful I took those risks. And I kind of feel like these risks become almost like a chess game where you have to think further ahead about what you're willing to sacrifice or what you're willing to risk. But winning the game is that much more satisfying because the risks are greater. That makes mm. sense. That totally makes sense. And it's sort of, as you're talking about this, it's reminding me that like this stuff is temporary. Mm -hmm. Oh, always. Right. And it's completely temporary. Yeah. Um, and is that okay with you? I mean, is it? It has to be. Yeah, yeah, it has to yeah, be like my very first, my very first project was done on top of a trash can. My studio for like the first year of my job was on top of a trash can. So it had already kind of settled that this was going to be the nature of things um, because I couldn't keep projects around forever because they got eaten by bugs or they smelled right. bad or whatever. And yeah. so learning to celebrate them in the moment while they're being built and making things for the benefit of those who are watching or who are present is, is great. So I rely that's on like a, that's a metaphor for life in general. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Really uh, so, and so, so because it's temporary, but it's still, you put a credible amount of work and, and, and talent into it. The, the photography becomes really important, <laughs> right? Like, uh, you know, capturing it. Yeah, uh, that that does. So in, in a way, it's it's temporary, but it, it does live on because you can photograph it. And so was that was that something that did that have a learning curve for you, too? Or were you interested uh, in ph photography before, uh, before uh, all this happened? I I was interested in photography in college and had considered trying to get into the major, but I was too poor. I couldn't afford all the equipment and my family was not wealthy at all. So um, that was just a non-starter. But what I did learn, I really enjoyed 
um, I had this professor that used to crop all of our shit into squares and being like, oh, this is a much better composition cropped into a square. And now Instagram is a thing. So he like premeditated <laughs> Instagram, which is weird. Um, but he knew, he knew. He did know that old coot. He also used to make like time machine levers. So I used to joke that he did travel ahead in time and was trying to bring back the future. (laughs) (laughs) He was a weird guy. (laughs) Great professor. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, like um, the learning curve was difficult because I feel like um, photo is skewed already towards being more of a technical practice because everybody basically has the same equipment. You basically have the same lighting and it's up to you to make it distinctive and interesting with good concepts. Whereas you're looking at illustrators and designers, you are driven by your ideas. Like you're supposed to be driven by the concept and then everything else kind of falls into place after that. And if you can't paint, then you're kind of like, well, but this is a fun idea. So, so, so true. So true. That's a really interesting perspective on it. Yeah. We all have, we all have cameras. Yeah, and it's like putting yourself in front of something interesting is is one way to to to, to stand out, I suppose. But right, um, yeah, and, and that's not to say like I I know amazing photographers who are highly conceptual, but they're also distinctive amongst their peers, you know. Mm. And so for me, that was something where I was constantly trying to learn. I had a crappy camera from college that was like not as many megapixels as my phone. And so when I started realizing that was a thing I had to, I had to go through upgrades, but the spread the love piece is interesting because it's the first time after I had spent the money to get a nicer camera body with a really nice lens. And it was like clean and focused and everything just felt, it felt smooth. You know, I chose like that wood, the wood texture on the background because it reminded me of chocolate. So it was like this, Totally. Yeah, this chocolate peanut butter vibe. And so I felt like all of that was reading so well. And I just, that was a good project for me because I walked away from it, like wiping tears out of my eye and being like, oh, this is, this is so beautiful. I'm so proud of this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's so great. And, yeah. and so that was the first, it's cool that, that we're talking about that one then because it was the yeah. first, uh, first one with like a, a higher end camera, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and also so, lighting. So, also lighting. Oh, I didn't oh, lighting, have lighting yeah. at that time either, but I had figured right. it out finally. So yeah, I was playing catch up constantly. Wow. And and that's you think that's been a an ongoing thing, right? As as you're doing more of these projects, your your photography is also uh, getting better and better each time. It is. It's definitely like the struggling point. Um I, it's funny. I compare it to the ACT, like testing for high school kids. I did really well in my writing and my reading, and I would have been super fly to go off to really intensely crazy colleges if my math weren't like hot garbage. I was so bad, and there was always like that one thing that was like dragging my my scores down. <laughs> I'm like fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> it's. I feel like photography is that thing for me, and it's funny. I was telling a friend. Um, about how I almost failed my senior thesis because I had to make a a kid's book for my illustration course. And I decided to sculpt characters, which was super ambitious. And I wanted to photograph them and I wanted to have them retouched and colored. And the photographers that offered to do this for me flaked out on me until the very last day before it was due. So I had to get these photos. And so I like, I'm telling the story and I go, Photo has always been a problem, hasn't it? 
photo has always been a problem, hasn't it? Oh, my oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I felt like I learned something about myself in telling that story yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that your photo is on point now. Uh, oh, thank you. That, that you're sharing. I mean, and it, it is a big part of it. I mean, like photographing food, right, in particular, mm-hmm. is not as simple as putting your iPhone over it and like snapping it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's um, so I, so as a, as a, as another project to talk about, I've got to talk about this one because this is actually your, uh, I think it's your latest shot too on dribble. It's called ice queen. Oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, looking at it, well, that's, that's interesting. Right. And then you sort of dive into the, the rest of the details on your, on your site and you're like, Oh my God. She grew rocks yeah. for this, you know? Uh, so I, I, I would love to hear the story about this one because this is like, uh, to me, it's like taking what you're doing to a whole other level. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, we got we to gotta, we gotta hear the, the story behind this one. Sure. So back in November, um, I think I was in a candy store. I might have been walking around somewhere else, but there was some question to me of like, oh, rock candy. You can grow this stuff. I wonder if you could grow lettering out of it. What would it do? It would be a necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. Right. Of course. course Naturally. (laughs) Well, I think in part because of growing rock candy as a child and seeing it sitting in the jar and it's always suspended. And I've been attracted to suspension projects like all the way through school. And I've, I used to make my own Christmas tree where it was like suspended snowflakes in the shape of a tree. Like I did that every year for like four years. So I just, I have this interest and fascination with how gravity acts on the world around us, but I haven't figured out how to work it into top down table shots. Um, But enter this project. So I, I was like, Oh, I could make a necklace. I'm not a jeweler. I am not a scientist. Should I even consider rock like candy in general, or should I look at rock salt? Um, I got a bunch of different feedback and looked through online and was trying to figure out what to do. And I went, well, I'm just going to have to test this. So what you don't see on my site is I had six different samples, um, two different versions of the lettering, and it was conducted in several different ways. So there was the bare wire, which I heard wouldn't hold hardly any, any, thing like the candy just slides right off of it because it needs a natural surface on which to adhere. Uh, yes, yes. I made it again and wrapped the wire in in some sort of string and hot glued it as I went. That was the final. That ended up being the final. There were pipe cleaners, like industrial pipe cleaners that had a metal wire built in but were soft and fuzzy. Those went okay, but I just didn't love the growth crystals on that set. So I ended up boiling around 22 cups of sugar. <laughs> which is by the way as much sugar as the average american eats a year and so i was like vomiting almost <laughs> just wow looking at these quantities <laughs> oh my god okay that's yeah that's eye-opening yeah um, it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot of sugar 22 cups 22 cups it's like a barrel of sugar and the first time i actually did this i got i think 10 or 15 and went this should be enough i poured into the i also had to buy a fish tank so I was sourcing fish tanks online, being like, how deep does oh, it need to be? To, to grow to, to grow it right? yeah. to the right size, of course. Wow. I, right, naturally. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
it's so funny talking about this stuff because it's like, no, it's like yeah yeah of course because you were making a rock candy necklace that had to grow you know so you gotta uh, as one does right yeah, as one does right as the typical <laughs> oh my god so yeah. I, I guess i remember ma- making rock candy when i was a kid at one point and you're right like string right is mm-hmm. a good one yeah. So these, you're saying you were wrapping the wire with string yeah. was like the, the final, the yeah. one that worked. <laughs> yeah, that one was the closest one because it, it held the shape closest yeah. and it was easiest to dictate. So while this thing is growing, which I had to go to the store twice because I didn't have enough sugar the first time, like I dunked it in the solution and it just barely missed the top. And I went, fuck, because oh, there's no. no way to fix that. Um, right, there right, was just right. no way to make that change. So I had to do it again. Um, do it all over again. We'll I did start have over. to do it all over again. It was oh my awful. God. Wow. <laughs> but Jeez. it was crazy because I realized, like, oh, I can pull this stuff out. Well, first I had the presence of mind to take a time lapse video. I think I had one online somewhere, like on Vimeo or on my Instagram, where it grew. Oh. It grew for like four hours, four and a half hours, um, but it it um, condensed into a 12 second video. So you're watching the crystals change. <laughs> and as I'm, as I'm checking them, I'll pull it out and I'll see that it's starting to adhere. And so I would go through and kind of like adjust and poke. And I didn't oh, want try to, to try to even it out a little bit. Or, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to completely ruin it. Like I didn't want to completely ruin the natural process, which is why some of it is still uneven, but I wanted it yeah. to be legible. And so I'm finding as I'm doing right. these more experimental things, this idea of legibility um, is fuzzy. So a lot of my early work was, oh, this is very clearly read. It's you know obvious what it says. But I think the most interesting lettering, if I'm going to push more of my lettering background, then I have to be open to more experimental ways of looking at letter form. Yeah, so, yeah, I love that, and that that goes into another one of, of recently of yours, which is the 420 broccoli, <laughs> right? Because because yeah. it's like I just, you, as you said that, it just reminded me like it's it's like. Oh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not quite abstract because I can see, I can see the two and the zero, but it's like the, the, the shapes of it are really organic, mm-hmm. but yet it's still, it's still uh, numbers. Yeah. So, so I, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah. A question about the, so you're, the, the, the sugar is growing and how long did it take to grow the final one? It's like that thick, you know, is it like weeks or days? No, or? I used a hyper-saturated solution. Nice. So I looked, these things go for several weeks usually, but I found one that would grow in several hours provided I did intense amounts of sugar. Wow. Which is why hours. I, yeah. It grew in hours, but the prep work for it was a month. So oh, making, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. That was intense. So I'm finding, I'm finding a correlation between planning and producing. My production times are still really quick all things considered, but my plan times have increased exponentially <laughs> to accommodate for how crazy these ideas are. And naturally with a project like um, my ice queen one, I also at the same time was stringing um, a candy necklace, like 40 candy necklaces to make a giant dollar sign. Yeah. Um, that's another, that's great. I was just looking at that too. Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. And so what, um, I was partnering with a photographer because I'm like, I really want this done correctly. I want a good model. Like, are you the person who could help me with this? And my friend, Nick, who is a fantastic fashion photographer, he's also very scrappy in the way that he shoots. Like he'll shoot through foam core and old blinds and just his work is fantastic. Mm. Um, 
he's like, hell yeah, I want to do this. In fact, I might have an entire team of people who want to just do this for fun. And I'm like, are you sure? I mean, like to reiterate, I don't have a client. This is just something dumb I'm doing for myself. And he's like, oh yeah, we want to, we want to join you. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my God. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. It really was. It was extremely humbling. Just the idea that somebody and some buddies would spend their time like an evening just doing something for the hell of it and bringing their A game. That's really hard to find. Um, and they did a beautiful job. And so I keep trying to pass this work around, but I think the idea of like food as fashion is warming up, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the whole campaign, I'll call it a campaign, even though it's something yeah. you put together, but like it, it does look, um, completely legit like it should be real like it should yeah. be you should be able to go buy these these things uh you know in new york city and 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 pay you know thousands of dollars for them good oh good that's the plan that's exactly right? the plan yeah, that was the plan all along i know i'm sure um that that's amazing do you how does it taste? Do you eat the stuff? Or I did it? taste it, and I did put in um, I put in some lemon just in case. Oh, nice! It's lemon sugar. <laughs> yeah, just in case the model felt brave enough to bite it, and she bit one of them, but not some of the others. So she was like, "Oh, this is, huh? Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh, I. Oh man. The funny thing is, this is the project that I assumed I would, you know, it would be overtaken by the ants or whatever, but it actually has endured. And I have worn that queen necklace before. <laughs> and it's really? fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, so does, does it still exist then? It does still exist. Yes. Uh, sugar sugar doesn't go bad, I guess. That, that's no. a good, good thing about it. I think, too, oh, the, the humidity is an issue. Like, if you keep it out of the rain, it's uh, fine. Yeah. The, the rain would wash <laughs> it away, probably. Um <laughs> Now, do you have any favorite materials to work with? Because not only just food, right? You you yeah. do uh, stuff with other other um, other materials, but like, is there is there one that? Okay, actually, I should ask: is it, what's your favorite, and then what's your least favorite? Oh man, that's so hard to say. That's a, that's a hard question, right? It is, and I think it depends on how. What makes it enjoyable for me is whether I've really cracked it. You know, if I've solved the mystery. Because it's all kind of like a Scooby-Doo mystery, really. You're running around with your presumptions of how something should work. And then there's several obvious ways in which you can make something fantastic. And a lot of times it takes kind of dicking around with the unobvious shortcut seeming ways um, to get to the really good stuff. And so, like, for example, I had a shoot this past week with a bunch of hair products. And I figured out a way to make a symbiogram, which is like an ambigram, but... When you flip it upside down, it reads as two different words. Ah, so, so a symbiogram is, is two two different words rather than the same word. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. Thank yeah, you, Mark yeah. Canesso, for that $5 word. <laughs> 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 He's great. Um, I asked him to check this out for me because that's more so his specialty. But, um, I mean, basically it was like a hair cream, so like a um, conditioner almost in consistency. It wasn't anything amazing, but it was more so what the material was made to do that mm. made it feel amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. When it comes to like proficiency, I, I tend to like ribbon based things um, mm. or, or shoelaces. I like stuff that um, you yeah. work with every day and you feel like it should have a certain look, like it should lay flat. It should be boxy, but really they're meant to be like vibrant and embracing their loops and their curls. And you just, you go for it. You lean into that. Um, and so I really 
appreciate and love that sort of thing. Um, with food, I don't know. I made a, I made a gingerbread house recently. Well, a gingerbread A, like a drop cap A. And I was just so proud of myself that I figured out a way to make a domed roof, <laughs> like, like a curled, oh, wow. a curled roof on this, on this gingerbread. And wow. I think just pushing the boundaries of what I think is possible and what I, what I want to believe is possible <laughs> is, is where all of that excitement lies. So, I mean, sometimes really the obvious terrible things to be working with are the ones with bad smells. Um, there's a lot yeah. of meat in my life and all of it is rotting. Always. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're like the brand, the, you have one with a brand, you're branding yeah. a piece of steak, um, which looks delicious to me, but, uh, you know, it's probably took several takes to get that right. Oh God. That was actually in here in my studio. So my studio is what would be a dining room situation for most people, but it, it's nimble, it's quick. And all of my photo equipment is collapsible. So it's, it's a good yeah. situation, but I had to bring my grill up here and <laughs> throw the steak on it and open all the windows and disconnect the fire alarm <laughs> and all this crazy stuff. Oh. And you just see me like I'm sitting I'm sitting on the floor and I'm torching this thing with a blowtorch. I'm like, do you think it's like even enough? Is it red enough? I hope so. <laughs> and all of a sudden I plunge it onto the meat and it, this, it just goes. Yeah. And there's yeah. smoke everywhere. And I catch myself going, yeehaw. God damn. Yeehaw. <laughs> but I'm here by myself. So it's fine to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you need, you need to do, uh, behind the scenes uh documentaries for each of these things and maybe maybe you have some of them i don't know but but that would be a fantastic to see like you know what goes into these things Um, oh that would be fun i I think you need someone else to worry about that so you could concentrate on the actual project but yes um. absolutely oh my god but that's that's part of like the fun part is i guess sometimes i'm sitting in here and i feel like a child you know, like a child would be doing something stupid, like grilling in their house so that they could <laughs> catch it on video, <laughs> you know, or realizing like you put this, the brand down and you didn't push it right on the right edge. And so you try to correct it and then you fuck it up and you need to flip your steak over and you're like, but that was a good side. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I got to go out and get some more steaks. Yeah. That's a real thing where it's like, I'm sorry, I'm back at the grocery store again, yeah. you guys. Right, the, the butcher's like, uh, wow, you like steak. <laughs> yeah, or having a pizza guy deliver a giant like stack of pizzas to my house, and he's like, "Is this all for you?" And I'm like, <laughs> right, right, right. "Yeah, it is." And I hope you didn't cut them, like I asked. And I'm like shutting the door on them because <laughs> uh, you had to cut them for uh, the project. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's exactly. hilarious. You're like, yeah, is there is there a party? You having a party tonight or something? No? <laughs> right. No, not just just Party me. One. <laughs> me and ten pizzas. Yeah. These are long... all the friends I need. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to be a long night. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, so Danielle, this has been amazing talking to you about all this because it touches on so many things: uh, how to be creative and eating, and yeah. <laughs> no, not just that, but um, the natural but, uh, world. The, na- the natural world, no, and I think there was a lot of a lot of really really good advice in there too. Uh, people are gonna people are gonna dig. So thanks for for taking the time with us. Yeah, of course, very much. And um, what what's next for you? Like, are, what are you? Is there anything exciting coming up that you're oh that man you're working on? 
that you can that you can tell us about, or maybe some of it's secret. Um, some of it is secret. <laughs> secret project. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a few of those. Um, some really great client work in some cases, which will be the most visible client work I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and those That's exciting. Me, it is. Oh, it's so exciting. It was kind of a milestone I set for myself a couple years ago, where I went, if I ever hear from this person about doing work for them, that means I have to start shifting into something new because this is about to go mainstream and it will be played out after that. And so I need to, I need to press. And the cool thing is I'm early. I've already started moving, um, which is awesome. So something that I have had a very profound experience with on my birthday this year, a friend brought down um, a VR headset and let me try it. And he had let me like, He's like my adopted brother. So he had showed me um, building facing and kind of like programmer facing materials. And it was, you sit in this chair, you hook it up to your computer and then you look around and you're like, wow, I'm at the beach, but I can't go anywhere. And so now seeing client side or like consumer facing VR where you can move through the area and you can walk and there's more going on. um, It's more immersive. And I realized that having like a disembodied situation where you look down and you can't see your arms or your legs work can get closer to you. It gets so much closer to you than you necessarily feel comfortable with. It's penetrative and invasive. And I think there is maybe, maybe the technology is too sophisticated and too far out for designers, but it made me really think about how do we make these experiences that we have in real life that much more immersive, that much more um, compelling for people who step out of their home and go to a concert or go to an exhibit or just walk through their neighborhood? How do we make this stuff more interesting? Mm. And um, I guess coupled with a few experiences where I'd put up some lettering at a concert and watched a bunch of drunk people try to like pull it off the wall my first thought was get the fuck away from my stuff. <laughs> but the better thought I had shortly after was how do I lean into the fact that people want to touch this? Like there is a way to utilize people touching and exploring this way. So wow. how do I make that possible? And so a lot of this, again, I'm seeing like this cyclical pattern almost where I'm asking these same questions I asked at the beginning of my career, but with more knowledge and more resources to build them out further. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, I'm learning that all of this is like a cycle, all of yeah. it. And you come back to the same problems and the same questions, but the idea is you've leveled up with some knowledge and some trial and error where you can make better, better risks, better choices. Totally. Amen. <laughs> That's perfect point to stop at, I think, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i've learned a lot on this on this talk this is great um so yeah thanks again for for joining us danielle yeah and we'll keep watching because it's so damn interesting ah thank you